You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. We would like to give a big thanks to MartyrArt.com for our newest five-star rating and positive review on Apple Podcasts. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What's happening, Blasco? Feeling all motivated on this end. Spent the last week at Podcast Movement, which is the podcast industry's uh you know, I keep calling it kind of like the South by Southwest. It's not nearly as big. It's all contained to pretty much one hotel, um, but lots of cool, comp- you know, panels, meetups, you name it. Um, really good time. Was in the city of brotherly love with uh, a couple of the people who work at Jabberjaw um, and Mr. Dewey from Pure Pleasure, which is another fantastic podcast on the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. Nice. So, uh, did you walk away from there with anything? I was, I was uh, trying to follow you there on the uh, the Instagrams, but I was, I was de- definitely a little jealous because I was hoping I was going to be able to make it out there, but I didn't. But uh, let me, let me know. Uh, what yeah, you, you know, I think the takeaway as a whole is, you know, we are at present, you know, a boutique, uh, you know, a boutique. Um, network essentially that specializes in music and you know unfortunately or fortunately however you look at it you know my day job uh, you know involves managing artists uh, you know running a record label um and the podcast network so you know there's a lot of overlap which is helpful but simultaneously each of those things could be its own full-time job um thankfully i've got great help uh, you know, at the network, um, as well as at, at the other places. But what it, it really um, made me realize is as a whole for podcast network, we're doing everything we need to do. Right. Um, yep. And so it's really just about continuing to pump resources in and just uh, hone our strategy for growth, uh, which we're excited about. We've got a couple other new shows in the works. You know, I think a new level, which you uh, launched season one of. So if you guys haven't checked that out, please do so. But it's like, that's the type of thing that, you know, we just need to, to continue to do more of those. But it's executed exactly how it should have been. Um, and so, you know, it, it also the takeaway is more and more people are, you know, continuing to come to the podcast space. And in fact, one of the things that I heard... Um, at a panel which was hosted it was by the uh the ceo of panoply which um they are so, so megaphone which is our new distributor as you know uh for our podcast stuff which helps us monetize 
Um, they're owned by Panoply. But what him and the other guy who was from uh, How Stuff Works, um, mm-hmm. that, that network, they essentially said that podcasting is sort of the in Hollywood and since you're out in LA maybe you've heard this maybe you haven't but podcasting is the new script essentially so instead of just pitching a script or a pilot for a television show they're looking to people developing content and stories in the podcast space first and foremost um, to determine whether or not it's it's viable for you know the larger um, platform of video stuff. Yeah, like so, Aaron, yeah, like Aaron, Aaron Menke with uh, Lore. Exactly. Uh, yep. Starting off there and then going to Amazon. Yep, I get it. Uh, in the last episode, we chatted about what labels and managers are looking for in a new band. That was a really great episode. So check it out if you haven't already. This week we talk about promoting your band. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Hell yeah. So, Mike, um, I found a post on bandzoogle.com. Remember them? Um, I do, yeah. They were great supporters of the show and a really cool uh, website uh, for, for bands to be able to to build their own website. So uh, they've supported us in the past. It looks like they're going to support us in the future. So I'll give them a free plug. Head over to bandzoogle.com, everybody, and check it out. Yeah, so this was a guest post by a guy named Patrick McGuire. And um, it starts off like this. Promoting a band is tricky business these days. Tools and tricks that worked wonders even five years ago don't work nearly as well today. In case you haven't noticed, the music industry has undergone a complete transformation in the span of just a couple of years. This means that to get the most out of promoting your band, you'll have to approach things a little differently. Here are eight ideas to help you get started. And we're going to roll through all eight. So number one, add a physical element to your promotion. An easy way to promote your band that often gets overlooked is by bringing your marketing efforts into the physical world. Despite what you may have heard, posters and flyers aren't irrelevant now that most of us spend a majority of our waking lives on the internet. Physical promotion is a proven way to carve out an identity for your band, promote your music, and a chance to stand out in a screen-addicted world. Yeah, I think if this is implemented in a strategic fashion, um, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, you know, people do like to hold something in their hand and and take, you know, take away from wherever they've gone, you know, uh, with a visual of it that isn't in the digital space. I do agree. Um, That said, you know, I think it's got to be integrated in a strategic fashion you know, where it's part of the promotion, of course, uh, but obviously not the the only bit of promotion. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. It's, it's almost like vinyl is a good example of something that went away for so long, but something that in terms of music was a very cool format. And now it's, you know, seen whatever X amount of years of a resurgence and it just grows and grows bigger every year. Um, and so maybe that's like, I agree with you that it has to be strategic. So, if, but, but it's one of those things like it, whenever everything becomes just 
all at one place to actually have someone handwrite you a letter for some reason seems like like so alien because it's just so uncommon so nowadays with everything everything being so competitive because everything is all on one platform which is basically just in the palm of your hand to do something physical may help you stand out in some way yeah, um, you know, it, handing it, someone a flyer, you know, making a making a, a a fanzine, like you know, putting your stuff on vinyl or cassette or whatever. Like having physical, tangible product may help you stand out. Well, and, and what I'd love to do is, you know, survey our listeners. So if you guys are listening and you've got a feedback on any of these points, but specifically this one, because Blasco and I both come from an age where physical was the only thing for such a long time. So now that we've transitioned into the digital space, you're right. We do still enjoy a handwritten letter. We do still pay attention to posters and flyers. But, you know, I'm curious, there's there's plenty of our listeners who I'm sure, you know, never really thrived or they were, you know, <laughs> infants or toddlers when that was, you know, the only means of promoting. And I'm curious how they see it. Like, do you guys like the physical component or are you strictly, you know, paying attention to digital? So askblasco at gmail is the is the email to hit us with feedback, but I'm curious um what what you guys are thinking. Yeah. Uh number two, tour, tour, and then tour again. The tried and true method of bands hitting the road to promote their music and find new audiences is one that hasn't changed all that much in today's music industry. There's also the added bonus of getting the chance to make an impression by reaching out to local press, radio, and blogs when you play in new cities. Yeah, I mean, this one we both know. And, you know, again, I'm going to probably say this on every single point, but it's got to be done strategically. Um, I remember I had a developing artist. They were signed to a label, but, you know, we're still growing their fan base. And the guitar player and I, who, who were really close you know, he said on average, it's the the fourth or fifth visit to a city, you know, and this is in a support capacity or even headlining. That's when they really started to notice that they had a, a, a you know, a fan base there that was, you know, large enough to help sustain them to get to the next show, meaning they buy merch, you know, the band can have a semi-decent guarantee. And so, you know, if you think about that, you can't just tour once, right? And you can't do it once every two years. I mean, you can do all those things, but if you're really trying to make sure that you grow, consistent touring is an absolute part of a way to grow your band. Yeah. I I, I mean, this is almost like just a no brainer. Um, and I feel maybe people go like, yeah, but how, do, how, how do I tour? You know, how, how does that happen? Um, how, how can I get out in front of people? Um, I, I've actually was spending a little bit of time with um, uh, a band, a guy that I know that's in a band, and and uh, he he wanted my input on a, an opportunity that he got. Um, they they were offered a, a you know a tour. It was like a buy on situation, but the buy on was actually you know pretty low. It was like a hundred dollars a show to buy on, which you know in the grand scheme of buy ons, that's really not much for for like you know a 30, 30 day tour. Yep. Um, and um, and he's like, what do you think? And I go, well, I think that's great, but you know, you, you have to, I go, there's two things that you have to do. It, you, I go, you have to make a budget of 
because I go, yeah, I mean, the buy-on is low, but you know, how are you getting, do you guys own a van? Like, how are you getting, do you, have you, you know, have you mapped out the tour? Like, like, where is the first show? Where is the last tour? Are you going to have some long ass drive to get to and from the tour? Like how much is gas going to cost? You know, how much is even gas a gallon? I go, you got to, you got to do a little bit of work, man, to, you know, understand like, I mean, cause like, even though the buy-on is low, you're, you know, you know, just throwing out a number, but you're going to be looking at at least 10 grand, you know? So do you have a way? So this is a good opportunity to get in front of people, but what's the plan whenever you get there, how are you going to get people to sign up to your mailing list? How are you going to get people to sign up on your Instagram? How are you going to get people to listen to your music? How are you going to get people to buy your shirt? You know what I mean? Like you, you can't go there and just party. Like you, there has to be a strategic reason why you're going to tour and how you're going to maximize this opportunity that you're playing in front of people, which are potentially your future fans. So how are you going to convert them into your actual fans and buy a shirt, listen to your music, sign up to your mailing list, friend you, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Spot uh, on. Number three, focus your efforts on playlists. There's now a dizzying amount of playlists and playlist curators out there. Narrow it down to a manageable list of ones that you think your music would fit on and get in touch with the folks who curate them. Start small and work your way from there. Yes, this all takes lots of time, but it's one of the most important things you can do to find new listeners. Yeah, I mean, and we've covered this extensively um, on our on our you know shows. So episode thirty two, uh, we did how to get your song on a Spotify playlist, and then episode sixty four, we covered five tips to boost your Spotify streams legally. So you know, we recognize the the role that Spotify is playing at present. Um, and I was just listening to another podcast. Um, I'll have to think of the name and, and, and throw it in the show notes. But, you know, they were talking about, um, you know, the difference between music streaming um, and, you know, the, the movie and video space. And, you know, part of what they were saying is they feel places like Spotify are going to, you know, right now they're just a distributor of music. But as we've seen in the, you know, the video space, places like Netflix and Amazon and all of the, you know, Hulu and HBO, they're, you know, they're actually creating their own content. And so they, you know, that's where they see the industry going is Spotify doing direct deals with artists and managers, um, you know, and potentially having exclusive content for their platform. I don't think it's coming anytime soon, but that said, now is the time to get started on, you know, building your profile on Spotify. So if indeed that day comes, you know, you've already got a footprint there. So, um, you know, the playlist stuff, again, we've covered in a couple of episodes. So I would, I would say, go back and listen to episodes 32 and 64. Yeah. I mean, look, streaming and playlisting at this point is, uh, an unavoidable, uh, obvious uh, option that you have to, you know, seriously consider and you have to chase down. So do go back and listen to our episodes about that. And uh, I, I believe that uh, my next episode or, or, you know, in the, fu- in definitely in the, in the future, um, I, we're going to do one on the fact that um, Spotify has opened themselves up to where, Anyone can submit for Spotify playlist now. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a you know there's a method that you have to follow to be able to do that. But I believe the reason why they're doing it is to combat 
all the payola, you know, sites that are people are trying to monetize getting, you know, making bands pay to be on playlists. Um, so I'm going to, we're going to dig into that as well as the previous episodes that we have about that. But for the most part, yes, you have to focus on streaming and you have to focus on getting playlisted. It's uh, unavoidable. Yep. Uh, number four, keep an up-to-date website. Social media hasn't replaced personal websites. And if you exclusively rely on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get the word out about your shows and new music, you're missing out on a massive opportunity. Yeah, you know, this one um, I agree with. I don't prioritize it uh, too, too much. That said, if you're going to do this, you should really look into uh, the ways to maximize its effectiveness. So have a call to action for people to submit their emails, you know, to go on a mailing list. Um, there's ways to track people's activities through, you know, a Facebook pixel or a Google pixel, um, which we won't cover now, but do some research on it. And that way, you know, if I go and visit the Zach Sabbath site, Blasco then can continue to follow me and see what uh what ways he can he can <laughs> if he is doing any advertising he can figure out the you know effective ways to ensure i know that uh he's playing in you know the greater dc area at some point in the future or when i'm looking for a t-shirt he can ensure that you know the zach sabbath web store is is you know clearly presented <laughs> right yeah. in front of me so yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't kill yourself on this one, to be to, to be honest. I mean, you know, I, I think you know, make it make make it functional, keep it simple, make sure that you direct people to important places, like sign up to your mailing list, go, you know, direct them to your YouTube, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, Mike, when was the last time? I mean, we're we're music fans, right? I can't even remember the last time I went to a band's website. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I have seen some bands do it really well where they make that the the one place that they send people, you mm -hmm. know, and I know you've done that with some vanity URLs. Um, so I think, you know, if you've got the, the means and, you know, you've got a, a team in place that can really help you maximize it, then yeah, anytime you premiere something that, you know, essentially lives on one of the other places that's embedded into your site but you're right for discovery purposes alone i'm never you know putting in the ice9kills.com right i'm going to facebook or instagram and putting in ice9kills to see what they've been up to yeah uh number five post your music on as many free platforms as possible making your music available on free platforms like bandcamp soundcloud and youtube will give potential fans the best chance at discovering your music. Promoting your band through these platforms is free, but it does take a little work. Yeah, again, I mean, you know, it really depends on the genre of music as well. Um, it's hard to be every single place. That said, if you can be every single place, there's no harm in doing so. But I think you really got to post your music uh, in the places where your fan base exists or, you know, uh, fans of the genre that you um, exist in, you know, are present. And then, you know, really focus on engaging them while 
they're there. So if you post something on YouTube and that's where you find it is, you know, a lot of people comment, then you should go back and engage with them, you know, in the YouTube space um, and maybe not worry about SoundCloud if you're, you know, a metal band. What is your take? Yeah, I, I think when you're starting off, you know, because we, we don't necessarily know where all music fans are at all times. So I, my suggestion would be um, when you're first starting off, put your stuff everywhere. Then keep close tabs on what works and then start to narrow it down and put efforts into the places that are working. Because, you, you know, you don't know. Like, you know, it's like I, I know that I have – found bands in multiple places like like i have found a band on youtube i have found a band on myspace you know i have found a band um in other places like someone suggests one to me or whatever so there's no real there's no real specific answer that works well for everybody but i would just say like what's smart to do potentially is just consider putting your stuff everywhere and then just give it some time and and then start to narrow it down and focus on the the places that actually do work and you see fans engaging with you and then you know focus those efforts there to where you're not you know killing yourself and you know trying to update and and keep up with you know six or seven different places you know narrow it down to three once you kind of get get an idea of what's going to work you know yep i would agree uh Number six, research and pitch to radio stations. Radio is still a major force in music, even with playlists. In particular, the emergence of small internet stations give bands a chance to find new audiences, like playlist pitching. A lot of research is involved here, but if you take the time to find stations to play your kind of music, the rewards are big. You know, this isn't something that I've really focused on, you know, especially on the smaller internet side of things. Um, You know, of course, we manage artists and have artists on the label that, you know, we've gotten played on um, Sirius XM, whether it be Liquid Metal or Octane. Um, And of course, you know, terrestrial radio campaigns. But I haven't spent a ton of time um, on, you know, focusing on this emergence of small internet stations. So I'd be curious if you've spent any time there or maybe it's something that we cover in a future episode. Uh, look, I mean, radio as, as terrestrial radio, um, and, ex- and if, especially if we're talking about like local stations or whatever, to me, this feels like a complete waste of time and, and efforts. I would take that energy and put it more towards researching blogs um and you know blogs specifically or like mixed cloud blogs like you know guys that have like a like a radio show but it's on like mixed cloud or you know something to where their blog is music based to where they play music but you know they talk in between um or or you know actual blogs that or podcasts that you know interview people but i would do your research on um, anyone that is into the type of music that you play, because I feel like you can reach out to these people because they're, if they're not the biggest blogs in the world, they're just looking for content. And, you know, to be honest, like, you know, with like, as an example, like with like Zach Sabbath, whenever we were going on tour and we had, um, you know, we, we were putting out this, you know, this live EP, 
like I reached out to all these Mixcloud guys and, um, you know, I tracked them down. They're easy to track down. And I was like, Hey, like, um, uh, like, uh, would you be into, you know, playing one of these songs on your, on your show? And, uh, and what I'll do in return is I'll give you a read meaning like, Hey, this is Blasco from Ozzy and you're listening to blah, 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 blah show or whatever. Like, yeah, I get it. Like I'm the dude from Ozzy or whatever. But the point of it is, is that 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 these people would be stoked to hear from anybody that is acknowledging that they listen to their show and they enjoy their show and hey like could you do me a solid what could i what can i offer in return you know what i mean yeah you're you're going to be hit with some rejections you know you're going to be hit with some unanswered emails but you know by and large like you know do a little bit of research and track down these blogs and podcasts and mixed cloud guys and 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 really kind of start to build your base that way and get in front of these people and start to connect because they are the gatekeepers and they, and they have these shows and they do have listeners, even if it's only like 500 listeners a month, who cares? Like it's still, it's still something. And I just, I just believe that that energy would be better spent than trying to humor yourself that, you know, getting a song on quote unquote radio is going to be something that's going to propel you to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number seven, create engaging video content. The boundaries of what's now considered to be a music video are being stretched beyond their limits. Videos represent a huge opportunity for bands to promote themselves in creative ways for not a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, a tactic that we use all the time and I think it really is, uh, very helpful Um, and it is, it's cost effective, it's cheap. You know, if you're going out on tour, you know, empower somebody within the band, or if you've got a friend who's, you know, inclined to capture video and be able to edit stuff, you know, I always say you might be playing in front of only 20 people, but if you create a video about it, you know, it can reach, you know, as wide as the, (laughs) the people who are following you on the internet and hopefully, you know, the new fans that you can gain. So this is something that, that I, would recommend, uh, very highly. Yeah. And, and two, I want to add that, you know, let's, let's understand that we can all make a video. Now we can film a video on our iPhone, edit it, um, on our computer and put it on YouTube. We all can do that. Right. So the, the barrier for entry is very low. So keep in mind that if anyone can do it, then you're going to need to do something special to make you stand out, you know? So think, think deeply in terms of how something is going to react to your fan base. Like, should you do something funny? Who should you work with? Like how, how, how best can you uh, work with the platform? So I'll give you an example. There's a guy that I know, he recently made a video specifically for Instagram and an Instagram video can only be one minute, right? So the song that he wrote and he and he specifically wrote a song for his Instagram followers and it was about his Instagram followers and guess what the song was a minute long and he made it and he made a specific video for it or whatever and put it up there and it's killing it but it's like that's the type of thing that you know you need to kind of think of you know what i mean like it's like if you have a 3 minute song and you just cram it and you just put 1 minute of the 3 minute song on there right that's fine or whatever but i like what my, my what my buddy did in terms of t- 
taking the platform for what it is and really kind of reimagining it for who his followers are and what works best on the on the platform. So I think you got to think outside the box. That that is awesome. It's such a good point, and I think it applies to each and every one of these things. You know, I hear so often, "Oh, Instagram only will take sixty seconds, you know, a minute," and and it's said as like a limitation. But what your buddy did was completely spin that on its head and use it as you know, went in and and designed his content to to fit specifically for what everybody else is calling a limitation. So I agree. That's thinking outside of the box and completely looking at something and flipping it on its head, which yeah, I think that's how you got to look at every single thing that we're talking about in this episode. Yeah, and look, I mean, look, video is king. Um but that doesn't mean that it has to be a music video. Like you know, I mean, like if you look at like Zach's Instagram, like it's it, it, it's like he has so many people that follow him that I don't even think know that he makes music, you know, and because he does the most ridiculous videos and like, you know, he he, he sets up these crazy ideas and, and stuff and, and it's just all video content, but it's great. And he has thousands and thousands of views for everyone that he does. And it's like, and he's not making a music video. He, I mean, he's a musician, obviously, but like you know, put your personality out there, you know, re- really kind of, really kind of dig deep of what you can do. Don't just like be whatever, boring about it or whatever, you know, try, try and do something unique. Agreed. And, you know, one of the things we did uh, for the record label, um, and, and I really love the one we did for Lorna Shore is instead, I mean, we did make a music video for uh, some songs from their album, but we made a commercial you know, and it was essentially the theme was metal makes you brave. And we use guys from the band Migosh as the actors and, you know, set up this scenario where, you know, a guy was trying to, uh, you know, confront his boss and ultimately, you know, we'll put a link in the show notes, you know, puts in the new Lorna Shore album and then, you know, gets the courage to go and tell his boss off. And so that was exactly part of the thinking is, how do we use the video format to do something, you know, that will engage people in a different way than just a traditional music video? And yeah, I mean, Zach is <laughs> Zach is amazing. If you don't follow his Instagram, uh, we'll put his link in the show notes as well. And you've got to go do that. Yeah. Uh, number eight, get creative with your merch offerings. Band merch doesn't have to just be shirts, stickers, and pins. Opening up your idea of what merch can be is a way to connect with audiences by giving them something to remember you by. Offer up private concerts, sell baked goods at your shows, throw your name and logo on mugs, plates, and shot glasses. Yeah, I mean, merchandise is absolutely, you know, if we're talking about physical things, um, you know, T-shirts and and hats and bags and whatever else. I mean, there's so many things, as they mention, uh, you know, shot glasses, mugs, what have you. It's a really cool way for some, you know, for fans to support you um, and to take something home, you know, with them. I would say, you know, the designs really need to be great. Um and and that's that's the key to whatever you're actually going to sell is make sure that the design is is you know top notch. Yeah, man, agreed. I mean, look, I mean, this is this is a no brainer. Like, it doesn't have to end at shirts, you, you know, uh, beer koozies, 
um, beer bongs, you know, like fucking pipes, you know, whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's so easy to print your name on just about anything these days. So, you know, don't be shy, be creative, Uh, you know, ask your audience like, Hey man, what do you want? Like, what do you want us to make? I mean, that's the beauty of, of the internet era is that we have immediate access to our fan base. Ask them what they want. Fucking maybe they don't want a t-shirt, you know, like maybe they want a tank top. I don't know. Like, like ask them and then, you know, or run a poll or, or, you know, give, give them the option. Um, or, you know, design wise, put up two designs. Yep. Which one do you guys like better? Oh, we like this one. Great. Bam. We'll make that one. It's like, it's, you have access to your fans. Utilize it. Yep. I was going to say the exact same thing. We've used that many a times, whether it's the colors of a specific design that we really like, or trying to choose between two or three different designs. Yes. You know, your fan base is ultimately the people that you're targeting to buy the stuff. So if you include them in the decision making, not only are they going to be happy with what you're offering, but they might be more inclined to even purchase it. Yeah. So he wraps up his article like this. If it seems like there's a whole lot of non-music related work involved in promoting a band these days, you're right. The days of bands getting signed and purely focusing on music are long behind us. And even the most successful musicians spend a lot of time away from the stage and studio promoting their music. There's no single proven way to promote music these days, but incorporating creativity and experimentation into your promotion efforts can do nothing but good things for a band. Yeah, I mean, that's a great summary. And the, uh, the last thing I'll say is, you know, look at the strengths of each member of the band, right? You know, if one or two people are really the key songwriters and they want to f- focus on that, then, you know, you got to look at the other two or three members and see, you know, what can they do to support this? Can they, can one of them run the social media? Can the other create, you know, the videos? Can the other reach out to the Spotify playlist? So, you know, make sure that every single member in a developing band is, you know, or, or a developed band is actually involved in the process of promoting since there are so many things that you do have to do. Yeah, well said. And that concludes episode 79. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MikeOloop. And of course, I've got uh, the Outer Loop Coaching platform at OuterLoopCoaching.com. So head over there to see what we offer uh, to support you in trying to take your band through this crazy thing called the music business. Uh, Other than that, Blasco, just excited to uh, keep on trucking. Episode 79, that's freaking badass. Oh, and before we go, let me plug our good friends at rockabilia.com. Tell them Blasco and Mike sent you using the code PCJabberJaw for 15% off. That's really all I got. Thanks, everyone. Peace.
Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.